Hey, welcome to How I Learned I was gonna, Stop. I was oh, going to start. You were, you just get waited for yep. it. Do you, you want to do it? I could. I mean, it's uh, weird I, now. We have this odd stutter step thing going on. Yeah. Go ahead and do it. Welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I am your dubious host, Lauren Hutton. And with uh, me now is I always... kind of wish I had done it. God damn it, Luke. Here, let's... let's you let's... want to do it in unison? We are currently <laughs> recording. No, you can't just cu- to just sit down. Intro. Just sit down. Just sit down. It's fine. Make sure you cut out like the really bad word I said. That's offensive. Which one? <laughs> Damn it! How do you feel about Tabari McCoy? Uh, yeah, Tabari is such a beautiful human being, and people don't give him any credit for that or acknowledge. Dude, he works so hard. He he puts up with so much bullshit, but he still rocks his confidence in himself. Yeah. And no, but I have nothing but respect for Tabari. It's, you know, such a cool dude. I think a lot of what he goes through can be categorized as racism, but a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that. Yeah, and I think that's true of any minority minority yeah. performer. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I think in the episode, you you get his stand-up. Oh, he for sure. He just turns it on. He's very... He's, Tabari makes sense, man. Yeah, and he, there's nothing about him that's not genuinely him. Right. So if you get him on a podcast, that's also what you're getting when you're getting his prepared material. It's just him off the cuff. Yeah. Also, he has a podcast. Do you remember what it's called? Shit. Why did I bring this up? It's Look Tabari up. McCoy, everybody. <laughs> Look this up. is it's my Tabari podcast. McCoy, everybody. This, this is, is my podcast. podcast. No, it's a Type 45. Myself. It's a Type 45 with Tabari McCoy. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, this is going to be a great conversation. I'm not going to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> but enjoy the episode. Enjoy the episode. And remember, when you stare at the abyss, it's me looking back at you. <laughs> Well, now that we have all of that fun stuff out of the way. Uh, yeah. After Tabari schooled us in audio tech, and then we told him we weren't using video, and he just shook his head like we wasting <laughs> his time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, 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 do you do video on your podcast? I use on my podcast, I use video for social media teaser clips, so that way I can upload them to Instagram, YouTube, in hopes that somebody will see one and then be interested to check out the actual podcast, I have to actually start putting the links in the video clips at a certain point because I haven't gotten to that technology part because I'm a one-man show at this point. I'm okay. the editor, the booker, the uh, the video editor, uh, the promoter. Marketing. Yeah, a marketing department, you know, artist and repertoire, which is what A&R stands for. The really? average person. Pro- <laughs> see? People have no idea about that. That's what an A&R stands for when it comes to the music business. A&R is artist and repertoire. And mm. I feel like they work a lot on like either the artist part or the repertoire, but never both. <laughs> what is the rep- repertoire part? What What does that involve? You know... I'm not working in the music industry myself. Uh, I don't know, because I think they should change it to, like, uh, you know, reputation. However, if you go to Wikipedia, like I just did and acted like I didn't, uh, (laughs) the uh, the repertoire part, it says they work with the artist to choose the best songs to record. And if you go on YouTube one day, as I did on a rabbit hole on a Saturday when it was raining during the height of quarantine, you can find a video 
uh, featuring the one and only Shaggy, or Shaggy, as some prefer. <laughs> and it talks about how his number one hit of all time, which has now given us an Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis commercial that, let's be honest, most of us did not ask for. Uh, uh, his biggest, for it, though. <laughs> his biggest hit, It Wasn't Me, no one at the label believed in it. It got leaked via, like, LimeWire or whatever you know, MP3 service was out and popping at the time. Uh, her DJ in Hawaii started playing it. What? And, you know, long story short, uh, we now have It Wasn't Me. And that and so that's how that happened, because apparently the, the version that's on the album is the original demo, because that's how little the artist <laughs> and repertoire <laughs> department believed in the repertoire of the artist when it came to that song that's ridiculous dude wow. i had no idea there was such like a wonderful backstory to it wasn't me oh i mean <laughs> it, you know it wasn't like one of those things where like uh you know i was seeking out the life story of shaggy um or shaggy if you prefer um mm. but the other great thing about shaggy is that the cartoon American Dad is absolutely out of his mind. Right. Uh, which is, it's over on TBS now because it left Fox. Because Fox was like, we put on a lot of stuff, but even we can't <laughs> deal with it. So it's over on TBS now. And I was supposed to interview the dude who does the voice of Steve, Scott Grimes. Uh, someone tweet at Scott Grimes and be like, what's up? You supposed to be on the One Black Dudes podcast. What's up, man? Uh, but... There's an episode, if you remember American Dad, if you watch it, it's still on, I think, because I can't tell what TBS is doing with that show. Um, but <laughs> it's very they, funny, uh, Yes, I, I love it. They have they had a character <laughs> named Reginald. Reginald was a koala, and I guess Reginald was like a black dude that got transported into a koala's body. Because uh, why not? He was trying to... Okay. Exactly. He was trying to hit on <laughs> Haley, which is Stan's daughter, the main character's daughter, and he was... He, I remember there was one where he's like, come on, he's like, Haley, I got tickets to the Shaggy concert to my man, Shaggy! So... <laughs> Shaggy has has long lived. He has he has outlived the average reggae tone reggae rap because there was an era back when you guys were probably like listening to like hair metal or like Nirvana and trying to be like mad at your parents or whatever. Like yeah, you don't yeah. get me, Dad. Like my whatever y'all were doing back then. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yes. Yes. That's that, that's what black people call that hot topic stuff. We just like no, we keep going past. So that's uh, sad white people shit. That's what that is. pretty much. Uh, like if you see me at hot topic, I'm buying Funko Pops and I'm leaving. Uh, that's it. Like hot Not topic. Not making eye contact. That's right. Hot topic's got the Funko game on lock. I'll see like the sad girl that looks like. Daria behind the counter and then I'm like okay thank you crevice or crescent or whatever your name is crevice. at the moment and then and then I'm out uh <laughs> but I'm just saying like he has done he has a longer lasting career than almost cuz there was like a hot three to four year period in the early 90s where like it was rap reggae or reggae tone and yeah. i don't mean like bad bunny it was just like straight up rap beats but dudes be saying like, oh a love a lot like shaggy, like yeah. shaggy and shabba ranks and a guy named super cat yeah and, modest uh, yahoo got sucked into yes. that bit yeah Yes, yeah, the, the 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 Orthodox Jewish dude who did reggae, and I was like, if this doesn't end racial strife in New York City, I don't know what will. You got a a ordained Jewish rabbi doing yes. reggaeton, and I mean, it wasn't like like it wasn't like a um 
What's that stuff that so you had to Tabari, listen to? I, I've got yes. bad news. What's up? I don't think it did. I don't no, think it No. <laughs> I, I know. It's, it's still happening. Uh, you know, I, 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 that was our last stand, and it did work. You know, <laughs> I mean, well, do a great I, you know, I got to give Jewish people credit because they kept trying through hip hop. We had the Beastie Boys. <laughs> yep. Then we had Third Base. Yep. And then Mattis Yahoo was like, okay, what if I put a <laughs> reggae flavor on it? And, and you know, I don't, you know, I, Maybe I don't it's know. It's more about consistent effort than it is just the one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's only been like two successful white reggae artists uh, that I can think of. There's Madish Yahoo, and then, well, let's see, you guys are much younger than me, so you might have been like embryos, but there was a guy named Snow from Canada. See? Now, uh, what? this is where you'll be able to figure out you'll be able to figure out what your podcast demographic is with this reference. <laughs> because since I am older than both of you, Snow came out in either 1990 or 1991 and had a song called Informer uh, featuring MC Shan. MC Shan was a rapper in the mid to early 80s who got into a famous beef with a guy named KRS-One. Then he may or may not, wink, wink, had drug problems, which kind of <laughs> derailed his career. Uh, and his battle with KRS-One did not go well for him. Um, but he was a founding member of a very important New York rap group called the Juice Crew that gave us Big Daddy Kane and my all-time favorite, Master Ace, who is one of the top 10 rappers of all time, who, if this was a fair world, would have a bigger career or at least the same career as Jay-Z because Master Ace makes musical albums that can tell stories. He's witty. He's got insightful lyricism. But you can't do that in an era with little Uzi Vert. So, But this is all a bunch of stuff how many layers out of my element I am. And we're only eight minutes in. I think yes. we had three tone. Yes. The one name I didn't even I, mention Mad Cobra. I have so many things I to Google. Recognize was KRS one because that was a sublime song and they referenced him once. And <laughs> that's, that's it. Not that's the way that one <laughs> the only black people that know KRS one through Sublime Records smoke enough weed that would make Snoop Dogg go, Hey player, you might want to slow that down, player. Like that's just that's just that's a lot of weed. I I don't know anything about Sublime except that anytime I've met a white person that likes Sublime, let's just say they either have hemp-made products <laughs> or they smoke something that is derived, air quotes, from hemp. Right. I'm just throwing that out there. Because <laughs> any, uh... any album, any group who has an album with a bad upper back tattoo as the cover art, <laughs> that lets me know where their head is at long before I need to hear track one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. That, is, that is what a good album does. They say don't judge a book by its cover. Maybe. Judge an album by its cover. Okay? Could not agree Because the band, sure. yes, because, you know, book people, they write the story. Like, you know, if you're writing, like, I can't think of all those crime novelists who, like James Patterson. I've never read a James Patterson book in my life. Mm -hmm. But I've seen, I, I know what a James Patterson book looks like because he has consistent covers. It's like, like gold <laughs> embossed lettering. Yep. It's like an eagle. Yeah. Uh, someone's like the president is missing or something like that. Like I know what a James <laughs> Patterson book is going to look like, you right, know what right. I mean? Yeah. Uh, album covers, you know, 
you get like a lot of great iconic album covers. Like there's a group called Funkadelic that had an album I think called Maggot Brains. Got the, like the black lady with the afro screaming okay, out the dirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you look at that album and you're like, this is probably not gonna have a Pat Boone guest appearance. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen. Uh, like rap I mean, albums. What if like it was though that'd be pretty right. wild. Right, like DMX, like I, I was gonna find a way to work DMX into this because uh, I was doing a joke this past weekend at the comedy club I was at, and I was talking. About, I said I like '90s rap because it was very definitive. You could understand what they were saying. Plus, it had like instructions or choices because DMX was like, "Stop, drop, open up shop," and then we got mall kiosks. We didn't have as many mall kiosks until DMX came out. Like. Method Man had a song oh, called All I Need Is You featuring Mary J. Blige. And one of the lyrics in the song goes, we can make war or make babies. Now, I have a lot of terrible luck on dating apps. But I guarantee you that if, if Method Man was single and he just put that line out, he's going to get a very definitive response. Like, yeah, I mean, there's no there's no gray areas like, hey, girl, look, we can make war or make babies. You want to go to Chili's? Like, oh, OK. It's like, well, I I guess we're going to make the babies then. Or if you want to make war, if you, or maybe she's an Applebee's woman. Then she's like, we're going to make war over this. Like, you know. What are you doing weekend this weekend, Mr. Method? Sorry, I'm in a land war with Bethany. Hey, you know what I mean? Like, you know, 90s rap was very definitive like that. You know, I, I appreciate it. That's why once again, you know, I, I, I know Kid Cudi was on Saturday Night Live and a lot of people were like, he wore a dress. And I was just like, have you listened to the songs? This dude is got problems like it's not the out it's not the attire that you should be worried about it's a I lot of the, the music i heard the dress was like a kurt cobain homage like kurt and we yeah, and then which, once again i'm like the only thing i know about kurt cobain besides that terrible ending was the very famous <laughs> green sweater like i know the green sweater because it was like a he had like a freddy krueger yeah. sweater on which should have yeah. been everybody's first warning sign like <laughs> you know what i mean like because you know that I mean the art once again, the artist and repertoire department did not recognize <laughs> that as a flag that Kurt was hurting. They're right. like, you know, like what you want I for mean, this video? Like, uh, give, me, people, give me the Freddy Krueger sweater. Most people who wear sweaters like my grandpa aren't about to like shoot themselves in the head. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best indicator. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that sweater looked like it hadn't seen a good a good Tide Pod in about, I know this is 23 okay, years okay. before Tide Pods, or if not 30, <laughs> but it had not seen some Woolite or some Tide. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't think of any of like the knockoff brands that people use, I mean, like Purex fair, or anything. Though, to be fair, we're talking about Kurt Cobain. Like he basically like kicked off the entire grunge movement. And so like, it's not a yes. thing you're going to expect to be clean regardless. So I mean, no, not really. I mean, was it a was it a red flag or was it just you know good branding? I don't know. Well, a par for the court. Because you know what's Could funny be. to me is that people are always shocked when their favorite musicians, you know, and I'm not singing anybody's favorite musicians out, but it's like they're shocked when their favorite musicians uh, have drug problems. I'm like, really? Have you listened to half of these people's songs? Right. <laughs> I mean, once again, DMX's debut album was called "It's Dark." And hell is hot. Now, <laughs> in one sense, 
That's like, have you been there before through your GPS? Is that like a, I'm going to get so much hate mail if you have DMX fans. I'm going to stop right here before somebody's like, hey, yo, dog, we got to go get him. Like, I'm like, nope, sorry. Sorry. Just just pointing out the obvious. Uh, I mean, the man had a song called Damien where he has a conversation talking to the devil's son. You didn't hear that on a Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince record. I'm just going to throw that out there. That was You never had an episode of the Fresh Prince where it was jazz getting thrown out the front door, followed by Damien. And then the butler would make like a nice, like, snooty remark. Be like, well, I guess it is too hot in Southern California for the devil. Like, you never had that episode. Well, that you was know, Will's you, underground stuff. Right. You know, I... You know, you you never had that part. You you never had like Hillary Banks like ah, the devil hasn't called me back in like three days. Like you never had that episode. You know? <laughs> a lot of that. Ended I up mean, on the they, cutting room you know, floor. they replaced Aunt Viv's, but the devil never showed up. <laughs> and, and that was another problem I had with that show is that they replaced Aunt Viv, and she went from dark skin to light skin. And once again, I don't want any of your let's say two black listeners to get upset. <laughs> That's uh, generous. But it but it was just like. You went from a dark-skinned lady that was thinner to a light-skinned lady that was a little bit wider, and everyone was supposed to be like, oh, that makes total sense. Like, no, like, no change. Like, no change. Like, at least they had the courtesy on Roseanne when they got rid of Becky to be like, oh, yeah, she 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 gone. Like, they tried <laughs> right, to get like a... dressed it, yeah. Right, but they tried to get like a blonde that had like a similar build or something. That's how little respect they paid attention for black audiences. Like, you want a show? You want a show? Okay, fine. Now this is Aunt Viv, and don't nobody say nothing. Like, all right then. Like, <laughs> it's like okay. Like, we, we were lucky it wasn't like the Fresh Prince of New Jersey. Just have a bunch of dudes running around carjacking and whatnot with a bunch of like braids running around looking like Red Man, circa ninety three. I don't know. <laughs> Why did once again? If anybody knows Red Man, I have no beef with the Funk Doctor Spock. I like Red Man a whole lot. But if you ever saw Red Man's MTV Cribs episode, you know that Red Man was living grimy. If you haven't seen Red Man's MTV Cribs episode, uh, you should definitely look it up because what? it's an episode of what you would call when keeping it real goes wrong because Red Man <laughs> never fixed his doorbell, so he was literally rubbing the wires together. It is the <laughs> second... <laughs> It is the second craziest thing that a rapper ever did on MTV. The first craziest and the all-time champ being when the late, once again, another deceased rapper that had drug problems, the late old dirty bastard ODB, big yep. baby Jesus himself, went mm -hmm. to go pick up a welfare check on camera. Keep in mind his album was already out. Go and go. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, I figured this out. Like, we, we, as you get older, you always think that the best, the best time in your life was when you were young because that's when you were naive, things were new to you. It's the same reason that, like, your parents or whatever reminisce about, like, the 60s or the 70s. Mm. But here's the scary part about that. There's going to be some kid reminiscing about 2020 is like the best year of his life. Dude, we had we had to go to school. I was on right. like my computer all day. You know, it was like, oh, it was so great. Like I didn't have to cut the grass because mom was so depressed. She didn't even care about the lawn anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I had all my chores. Like 2020 so was a snow day. Like yeah, right. the whole thing. Sure. <laughs> like somebody's going to be reminiscing about that. And like, and I know I'm old because like the music to me, the music to me sucks now because I'm a rap dude and all the beat like all the beats sound the same. Like I can't tell if it's a new Kanye track or if it's a new track with Lana Del Rey. They all sound the same. I'm like, I can't make I can't make heads or tails out of any of this. So I like 
I'm lucky that I had like the Nintendo era and everything else. Like oh, I remember yeah. looking forward to TV shows because you had a VCR, but if you didn't set the timer right, you would jack up the recording. Yep. And you'd be like, damn it, I was so close. <laughs> like I like I was at my parents' house cleaning. I found VHS tapes of like The Simpsons and The Critic. And Yo MTV Dude. raps and the fresh pe- and Martin and but I'm talking like the good episodes of Martin, not before yes. he went out in LA and had an incident where he may or may not wink wink had a drug problem where he was running <laughs> around in the streets of LA with a gun wearing a trash bag, uh just trying to sweat and lose. I'ma get so banned from every I'm so glad that y'all ain't got no black people listening. Uh quit. Just stop. Come back. They'll have another black dude that's chubby he's got glasses his name is phil pointer wait for phil to be on it'll be fine um i'm sorry i know that y'all probably had like questions and what this is what i did all weekend at the comedy club i was headlining because we had we had um we had um we had we had uh uh, very quaint intimate audiences um Mm -hmm. because i found out that uh a super well-known headliner was 20 miles away uh, and, and Tom Segura, who yep. I've opened for before. So I got no beef with Tom. And if I had beef with Tom, he'd be like, I run Hollywood. I'll end you. Like, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, would he notice? <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, he hangs out with Joe Rogan and Burt right, Kreischer. Right. And regardless of what you think of their comedy, uh, they doing better than me. So right? once again, I don't want to be the MC Shan to his uh, KRS-One. Okay. Yeah, they're and Tom Segura is a rap fan, so he gets that good. reference. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right, Tom. Yeah, I mean, Tom Segura had Big Daddy Kane on his podcast. I have not. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm sorry. You, you guys probably had like questions or topics. So, uh, for those of you that have survived this, I have no idea how many minutes rant. Uh, thanks. <laughs> you know, you put no, a lot of faith. We're so tired us, of the premise uh, of our show. <laughs> So uh, just y- you got it, man. <laughs> oh, hey, th- this is what happens when you are single for way too long and you're a grown man and it's a pandemic. And the only thing left on your agenda for the day is maybe cut the grass, maybe take your fat ass out to go jog, maybe watch the Reds. Probably lose. They're losing four nothing in the fifth. Um, although this year's Reds team. This year's Reds team is like an ex you can't shake because you're like, I've had it with you. You're not going to keep doing this to me. And then, you, and then you, you you go drive to go to the store and then you'd have to turn the game on the radio. Triple play? Like, what the hell? How in the world yeah. did the Reds have a – they had a triple play yesterday in the wackiest of all ways. And then they came back and won the game in the inning. And it was just like th- – this season, it's only like 14 games and it already makes no sense. But – I'm going to say this, and I'm a fan of our local sports teams, although as I say on my podcast all the time, by the way, my podcast, The Type 45 with Jabari McCoy, check it out, all major mm-hmm, platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I am a sports polygamist because I root for more than one team, and this is why I had to explain this, because I'm a Cincinnati native. Uh, we're all Cincinnati area-based or Cincinnati adjacent. Um, here's the thing. 
as you guys know, Cincinnati is a diehard Reds town. Now, of course, as I say, the Reds are going to probably lose. They just scored two runs off of Joseph <laughs> Daniel. So, Reds, you owe me money because every time I say y'all whack, y'all win. So, do that. Yeah, uh, ju- just keep berating them on the right. podcast. Yeah, you figured Maybe out the point. Yes, but it's like, so I root for Cincinnati sports teams. I even root for FC Cincinnati, and I don't care about soccer. I don't. I call it football like wants us to because I don't them when they start World War Three or when they come get their Boston Tea Party money back because now that the Royals are dying off, they probably like, we want revenge. I'm like, we didn't do it to them. So I am a sports polygamist because when I grew up in the 1980s, the Reds were boring. The 70s Reds by all accounts, great, energetic, lively. Joe Morgan, rest in peace, had the nice chopped sideburns like a like an R&B singer, mm-hmm. looking like he should be hanging out with Teddy Pendergrass and Marvin Gaye. You know what I mean? It was a good team. Then the 80s Reds came along, and the 80s Reds were like a mall food court. They're just like, hey! And it's like, no, no. Your corn dog on this stick ain't got enough mustard in the world to make this group have flavor. It's just, they were just born. And then the 1990 team came, and I got to go to the first World Series game, and Eric Davis homered, and they won. And I was like, is it going to be like this forever? And then 1991 came, and they were like, no. And it hasn't been dope since. Um, I am a big Bengals fan. Everybody knows that I've done work for the Bengals in the past. I have a Bengals area in my man cave in my basement. Wait, AKA what my, work did you do for the Bengals? Didn't you hear? I Everyone can, knows. Yes. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> I, you know, I, I forgot. I, see, that's what that's when your ego pops in. Like, everybody knows. Uh, I have done work as a game day PR assistant. So, you know, I get to go into the oh, locker room or cool. pre, pre-pandemic. And then last year, I did a lot of stuff on Zoom calls. I have like five hustles. Uh, like I work in PR uh, for two different organizations. I've done freelance writing. I do stand up. I do movie reviews, although that's gotten changed because, you know, pandemic. Uh, so now occasionally I get advanced screeners. Uh, I'm not on the big list. Like I have a friend of mine that I interviewed on my podcast available Wednesdays when they drop. Um, and he uh, he writes for like City Beat. He's Rotten Tomatoes certified. And oh, I have. Yeah. He does like he's big time. I have none of those credentials um, at all. The last movie I saw in a theater, as I've talked about on stage, was Vin Diesel's Bloodshot. If there was ever a reason for this pandemic to need to be over, it's so that I won't be on my deathbed one day going, the movie could have been so much better with a better actor and script. Like I just need, <laughs> yeah, with a completely other movie, right, it would have right, been right. better. Movie. Right. And, and you know what? People are like. I like how we as a nation have pretty much just embraced that like the Fast and the Furious franchise just needs to continue existing because <laughs> the Fast and the Furious franchise, I don't know of a greater like American comeback story because it started off like, OK, muscle cars. Cool. Right, we get it. Right. Then it'd be like, oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I just got breaking news on my phone. Another mass shooting. What? Hey, Welcome you to know America. what? At, at, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just like I, at this point in time. Let's I, is not there mention like, where you know, or when it was. Oh, I'm because not because we're gonna drop the episode <laughs> in two months and it's just gonna be evergreen. It's gonna be like, oh, they were talking about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I they mean, got this episode out the day after. Right. How great. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you know what's okay? Hold on, let me preface this. You know what is ironic in a sense that would be using the word funny, but it's not funny because more shootings. But it's ironic. South Park. Remember South Park used to be like the silly cartoon yeah. that was just a bunch of little kids cursing, and mm. there was a talking piece of poo, and right. then they had they gave Isaac Hayes a second career before we all know what happened with that. Um, and now South Park is like the greatest political commentary that we have. As yeah, a society, the only and it's unbiased like, one because it's right. just three nerds who like to make right. fun and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they got Bill Hader involved. I'm like, how'd y'all get Bill Hader? I'm like, so, <laughs> so I can't. I, I need South Park to come back just so I can feel like I'm not going insane because, like, and that's why, like, I love watching CNN now. That lets people say, well, wait a second, he's watching CNN. He's probably not watching Fox News. You're right. <laughs> Anyhow, um, like I watch Fox News the same way that like fat fat people drink diet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like you say you made an effort, but everybody knows deep down. It's like who you fooling? Right, right. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's like you know. So I keep abreast of what Fox News is doing because it's like okay, what y'all up to? Like right, I, right. I don't, I don't want to be in. surprised because when you're black in America, you can't afford to be surprised. You know what I mean? You can't be like, mm. I didn't know they passed that law. Most right. black people be like, I got the bylaws right here. Look at section 35. You, you thought 34 was something? Look at 35. Like, we have to stay on top of what's going on. So Yeah, I, I just finished living with my parents for like months, too long. Right. Because I'm switching places and they're pretty plugged into the Fox News thing. So I, I got an ear to the ground there and... They have yeah. race opinions about the royal family. Like, that's... Wait, what? That's, you shouldn't... <laughs> yeah. The royal Why? family, somehow they... I don't know. I don't want to speak for it or to it or because I just stop listening when that comes right. up. Right, yeah. But... And, and the thing is, is that, like, I don't consider myself a Democrat or a Republican. I consider myself logical. Yeah, uh, which means that I logical. can't. Right. And <laughs> and that's why I can't be in either party, because both parties are just ex super extreme now. But this is the thing. Everything in the world works in systems. Everything. Everything works in systems. We're using computer systems, phones or systems. We use mass transit systems. Everything. Some of y'all listen to System of a Down. I don't know none of the songs. I just know it's a band that exists. Don't ask me System of a Down questions. I don't know none of they stuff. I don't know who's in. The if you said Jay Z was on a track, I'd be like, is it hot? Like, I don't know nothing about them. Uh, but like the world works in systems, and like you know, America is a good place, but we are not without flaws. Because I thought about this ages ago. Like for America to work. We have. I am so gonna get canceled. We have to have. <laughs> we have to have broke people to make America work. Cause banks wouldn't work if everyone was responsible. Like they used to teach like home economics, okay. like cooking. They didn't tell anybody like, here's how you balance a checkbook. We right. have to have broke people. The whole mortgage refinance industry would go under without broke people. <laughs> Discover card. <laughs> Discover card goes out of business without broke people. Okay, Uber 
Uber would go out of business without broke people because drunk people spend money with reckless abandon. And they'll be like, wait a second. So um, stay home, buy the beer at home and drink, invite my friends over. Don't have to worry about anybody going crazy, doing the mass shooting, have fun at my house and then kick them out when I don't want to see them anymore. Oh, go to this loud bar. And this is when you know you're getting old. When the minute you walk into a bar and your first thought is, can I sit down somewhere? That's when you're getting old. <laughs> when you start thinking about comfort over everything else, right. you are officially getting old because young people get into a bar, shot, shot, shot. That's all we can say because this is a podcast. We didn't pay for that music. But it's like, <laughs> you know, you get into a bar like over 30, you'll be like, I need to find a chair. Right. Like, why it's is it so sit, loud sit, in here? Sit, Do you sit. have to have... Right. Like the smoke machine goes off. You're like, hey, man, come on, man. My, my, my sinuses like you. That's when you know you get when you value comfort over the idea of anything else. You're getting old. But like, you know, people are like, no, nah, let me spend forty dollars to take a car ride in someone's Corolla home. Like, OK, well, you know, shout out yeah. to all the Corolla owners. I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm not. I'm just throwing that car out there because <laughs> let's face it. Uh, there's a lot more people driving Corollas for Uber than there are Land Rovers. Truth. It's a sturdy yeah. car, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it's just it's just we ha everything in the world works in a system like smart dudes tend to be uglier. Now, I'm throwing that out there. <laughs> I consider myself somewhat smart. I have a master's degree that I got on scholarship, but I got it in communications. You know what I mean? It's like it's like balance. But like if Jeff Bezos was a more attractive man, right? Jeff Bezos doesn't invent Amazon. If Bill Gates doesn't look like what a police sketch artist would draw for an 80s high school movie nerd, he don't make Microsoft. Okay? He don't do it. Like No, I f I feel like Elon Musk beat the system because he was ugly. Like did you see that picture of him pre-billionaire status? Wait, I have real? not. Yeah, Wait. he his hair was thinning and he was like a hunched over geek, but then he used the money he made from being smart to make himself look all right. You think and he see, looks that's, right. that's the loophole. <laughs> see, that's the way to do it, too, because it's like, you know, that's the way to do In it. A pasty that's... kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, exactly. Hey, I will say this. People hate on Aubrey Graham, but if there's one thing that Aubrey Graham gave us, it was a great life model. Started from the bottom, now I'm here. Because, by the way, <laughs> since you guys may not know, Drake's real name is Aubrey Drake Graham. Uh, Graham. But if you're going to become a rapper, what sounds better, Drake or Aubrey? When you first said that, I, I thought you were talking case. about a woman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, Drake has overcome being on Degrassi Junior High. Right. He has Getting overcome shot that one time. He overcame you know, that. I, he, he he overcame hanging out with a very scissorped little Wayne. Uh, so you know. Like a lot of Drake songs sound the same because Drake makes records like he's sad. But other comedians have covered this, including Chris D'Elia. And I know what's going on with Chris right now. So I ain't going to go there because I don't want to have any of that rub off on me. Uh, yeah. What happened with him? I like his comedy, but people don't talk about him nowadays. <laughs> Well, you, I, I take it that Luke, you're being sarcastic, right? <laughs> that was what we call sarcastic. He, co he committed to the bit because I'm yes, like, we did. all know what happened. 
uh, once again, although if Chris D. Elliott comes back to his status, he'd be like, find that black dude that was talking trash. I'd be like, my name is Hannibal Burrs. Uh, so, you know, get canceled by him. Uh, you know what the thing is? Like, I've done the jokes on stage. We're in that cancel culture element and everyone's mad. And I understand the premise and the purpose of canceling certain things. There are certain people that do stuff where I'm like, hmm, cancel. Like, the, the, the verdict as we're recording this, hasn't come out yet. But there's a certain man in a certain state of a certain number of lakes that is currently on trial. <laughs> and if this man is exonerated, uh, I, I, I will never publicly uh, endorse any form of violence or civil unrest. However, since Kirby Puckett is dead and Prince is dead and Kevin Garnett is no longer on the Timberwolves, if this dude gets off, that's all I can say about it. So uh, that's all I can say about it. Uh, Minnesota, the only thing you've got left to keep me is the twins and the mall of America. Because if this dude gets off, I could not be a prosecutor. Like I was, I've been watching the trial, and man, the prosecutor, they have like there's a there's a white dude, there's a there's like a like a, a, a young lady. Um, and then there's like a black dude and the black dude has to be so calm every day in court right. and he'll be interviewing, he'll be, he's interviewing all these forensic specialists and everything else. And he'll be like, now, sir, if we look at the exhibit, I couldn't have been the lawyer. Cause I'd have been in there like, you saw the tape, you saw the tape, what y'all need? I'd have turned into DMX. What y'all need? Like I didn't, I lost it. Like, cause I don't care how anybody feels. This would have been my whole case. I'd be like, anybody that believes that this didn't do it, let me lay. have you lay down on the ground right now with handcuffs behind your back, with one dude in the lower back of your spine, another dude on your legs, and let me lay on your neck for up to 10 minutes, perfectly sober. Anybody want to volunteer? Ain't yeah, takers? Right. Ain't takers? Right. And I'm out. I'd have, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have brought my own mic and then just dropped it. Like, <laughs> yeah. After he doesn't get up, you're just right. like, well, guess who was right? Uh, right. Oh, right. And then Damn. they cut over to Jake. <laughs> and they, then they had to cut over to Jake Tapper at CNN. And Jake Tapper, like, he is like the blackest anchor right now that isn't black on nationwide cable news because Jake Tapper does not care. He has cursed. <laughs> <laughs> on TV in the last year, Jake Tapper says the most sarcastic, like after like the, the January 6th Capitol riots, and I'm not calling them a domestic disturbance. That's a riot. I know what a riot looks right. like. I have seen, once again, I know there was like one confused black dude in the rotunda, and I'm still mad at him. And I'm mad that all the photographers found that black dude. It's like, why? Why couldn't you sit this one out? Is the girl that you were having sex with really that good? Is that because I said, look, this only, I said, I said, this is the most confused black dude that's not named Ben Carson that is at this event. Because I'm like, how? Why, man? And this is the other thing, too. I always let people to know, like, look. I think that there are good people that believe in the Republican Party at heart, but the practice is not matching up with the theory right now. Yeah, that's how mm -hmm. I tried to say that. And I, because as Chris Rock once joked, and I started doing stand up because I got tired of watching Chris Rock get paid what I was thinking. I'm like, this dude is right, <laughs> and he's thinking like me. Uh, but uh, it's like 
No, you know, I, you know, certain things I'm more conservative, certain things I'm liberal. I'm not a gun guy. I'm not. Then again, I also don't smoke weed. And people are like, hey, the bar, what? And I'm like, yeah, sorry. Just not, I'm dumb enough sober. I do, and I'm already chubby. Do you think I need to smoke weed and then watch like 40 American Dad episodes and then go through like three boxes of corn pops? That ain't healthy. Uh, I always tell people, you do what you do. There's just certain things that aren't for me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so, but you know, it's like, I'm not a gun guy. If we got rid of all the guns tomorrow, I'd be like, cool. Can I keep my super soaker? Because I love the super soaker. Because those <laughs> were dope. But like, it I, better you know, not come for my super soaker. Right. That's that? it. You know, but it's like, I'm not a gun guy, but I'm not like a big weed guy. Cocaine don't need to be legal. I'm like, how fast do you need people driving in traffic? Like, cocaine don't need to be legal. Uh, Dude, the way so, you mentioned that, you were like, I don't need guns. I don't know weed. <laughs> Cocaine made it sound like you were like cocaine. Though I, I don't. Oh, no, that's see, that's a, a bait and switch. See, <laughs> see, no, no, Lucy, that's the bait and switch. I get them excited, then I crush their dream. Uh, uh, it's like what I did when I was teaching school. Um, and, you know, and, uh, man, I'll tell you this: having taught school. <laughs> You they shouldn't even they shouldn't even drug test teachers because if they keep showing up, that I'd be like, look, whatever they doing in their own life to get through the pain of this, right? Cool. <laughs> I'm Everybody like, can your kid? Do. I'm like, can your kid read? Okay, can he multiply seven times seven? All right, does he know at least half of the amendments? <laughs> Here's your bowl, or whatever <laughs> the, the teacher's going to play. Most yeah. drugs are illegal except for teachers. They get to go <laughs> right, wild as right, long right. as they show up, man. <laughs> right. Like DL Hughley did a joke once about why are we drug testing janitors? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, and I never thought about it, but I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Like, like, like surgeons, you need to be stone sober. Sober. Right. I don't, I sorry, I had like an Australian accent for one word. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, like, so, like, if you drive or operate heavy machinery or if someone's life is in your hands, stone sober. Right. right. Waffle House cook, 2 a.m. I mean, if you want to keep your teeth, don't do that meth. But otherwise, I'm like, a dude, a stone Waffle House chef is the best. They're, they're just like, hey, I fucked this up with nacho cheese. You didn't ask for it, but I got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, see, now, now here's some here's an inside baseball reference. And, and it's funny because I'm getting ready to talk about black people. And many of us don't watch baseball anymore. Um, but. I'm like one of the last black baseball fans I know. If you look at a Reds game and you look in the if you look at a Reds game and look in the stands, most of the black dudes are selling uh, hot dogs or pimping beer. Like <laughs> we just like we you know because I, I I used to like try to encourage the kids I would teach to like about baseball because you know they like basketball and football because there's more access to basketball courts right. and you know and, and we'll watch anybody hit each other in the head. Uh, so <laughs> football is more popular. And I was like, I said, you know, baseball has no salary cap, right? And then I showed them LeBron James NBA contract and I showed them Mike Trout's contract. And I was like, try to hit a curveball. And then I just walked out the room. <laughs> uh, but like, I, f I found this out. Like I, uh, sometimes like black people, if you catch us on the right day as other black people, like 
we we'll do uh, the hookup is real. I'm not gonna say the name of the shop because I don't want the young lady in case she still works there getting fired. And I don't know Molly personally, even though I like her cupcakes. But <laughs> I uh, I went to a, a certain cupcake place, and it was like the mall was closing early because of these COVID hours. Right. And I, this is exactly what happened. I walked up and I was like, "Oh, um, are you guys uh, gonna be open?" Because I was going to Hot Topic to buy a Funko Pop, um, <laughs> you know, and and stare at the sad girls. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, she said, "She said, well, no, we won't be open, but I can give you these for free if you want." And I was like, "What?" She gave me an entire tray of cupcakes. What? She gave wow. me an en- she gave me an entire tray of three dollar and seventy five cents per cupcake cupcakes. Um, that's amazing. So, not a lot, but that yes. Now here's what I'm going to tell you. I want that. I don't know if you guys can pull that <laughs> off because, like, you know, like. Like white people don't hook each other up on like small stuff. Y'all give each other like important no. stuff, like like yeah, yeah. you do stuff no, like no, jobs you... and health insurance <laughs> and you know you know government positions. But uh, like black people, we got cupcake game on lock, son. So, but you know that was like one of my greatest. That was one of my greatest victories of winter of 2020, 2021. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I wrote a Facebook thing. I was like, shout out to the cupcake girl. Like, oh uh, dude, that would live. In my heart for three years. If that yeah. Well, me. I, I can tell you what. If you from... eat an, if you eat an entire tray of cupcakes, it will live in your heart for three years. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what? Best case scenario, as much as I've been able to make y'all laugh, best case scenario, like a comedy club booker somehow hears this, or like a cute girl hears this or like people <laughs> or like grows the pot. I, I like how he immediately laughed when keep I said a going, cute girl. Keep going, keep going. No, it's just uh, the spectrum right of like but, comedy booker or lady. <laughs> hey, you know, you, you know, hey, as DMX told you, stop being greedy. You take what you can get. You right. give to the needy. Comedy uh, club booker, maybe great. not. Cute girl, probably not. Morgan Miller's dad. You got it. Totes. Hey, you know, uh, Shout out. I'm just saying like best case scenario, somehow this gets out there and I get more <laughs> listeners are following. Worst case scenario, some chubby dude with acne comes up to me at a local comic book shop. Like you were great on that episode of that thing. You're like, like, you're like yeah, your name is Tiberi, right? I'm like, so close. <laughs> so close. So, my dentist called. I ha- So I have a, there's a, a nice family dentistry that I go to. It's mm-hmm. husband and wife. The husband has been calling me to Barry for 30 plus years. Are you for real? <laughs> he just stopped like in the last two years because I told his wife, I was like, can you let him know it's to Barry, please? But he always had like, you know, he had like a drill in my mouth and they would work with me like because I didn't always have a great job. There was like a rough patch yeah. in my career because I used to work in newspapers. <laughs> okay, that was okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I said, I'm gonna let that hang in the air for a minute. Um, so there was like a rough patch after that, uh, and they would work with me on like payments and stuff. I was like, I don't know if it was there donating to this Negro was out of college fund or whatever, but they would work with me when I was like a little bit strapped on things. Now I'm cool and everything. Now there's the pandemic, so I can't see them. So false. Anyhow, um, but yeah, like my name is six letters and I know it's an ethnic name. And as far as I've best been able to ascertain, apparently there was a famous Muslim historian named Tabari. And no, I am not Muslim. And I have no problem saying that, although 
I want anyone who is Muslim to know, I hope that you have no problems living your life in America. But I have to say that no, Tabari isn't Muslim because of a weird incident with John Voight. Because, yeah, Angelina Jolie's daddy, that John Voight. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, and this will explain why she's a little Angelina Jolie-ish. Uh, I was interviewing John Voight for a movie that nobody saw. Okay. Type. Nobody yeah. saw this movie. Like it wasn't even bootlegged in black barbershops. Okay. Nobody <laughs> saw this movie. It was a movie about how apparently in the 1800s, I believe it was, or the early 19th century. And I'm trying to Google this as I'm bringing this up so I can remember the name of this movie. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I went to, I went to Google John Voight uh, Mormon and I accidentally Googled John Voight moron and hits immediately came up i'm just gonna throw that out there um, it, it clicked search for you before you yes uh, the movie the movie is called september dawn okay. um it, it's it, okay and according to wikipedia it tells a fictional love story against a controversial historical interpretation of the 1857 mountain meadows massacre uh so they were setting a trend long before our mass shootings. Anyhow, um, uh, so in the movies about how like a group of Mormons basically like takes out like 120 people. Um, I forget the exact details because once again, I think I saw it. I think the cast made it and that's about it. Um, and their grandmas right. pretended to watch it. But I, I was asking John Voight about like the premise of the movie and its relation to today, you know, and how things are relevant and this and that. And this is before I really started paying attention to like what celebrities political beliefs were, or we always knew about it every 10 seconds, like Ted Nugent. Anyhow, um, he was talking and in the middle of his answer to my question in which he was doing a great job of answering it with detail. And you could tell that he cared about the project. He stops himself and he goes, you're not Muslim, are you? And I go, <laughs> no. And he goes, okay then. And this goes right back into his answer. And if you talk about having a WTF moment, I was, right. I was just like, uh, what? Like, like that was Can the we? most. That was Can the we most. Start off all our interviews with that question from now on. <laughs> it's like, hey, welcome to the pod. You aren't Muslim, are you? Like, <laughs> anyway, right? It was just like the, that was the most of a SpongeBob SquarePants uh, SquarePants face I've ever made. Like, it, it was an over the phone interview. Luckily, uh, but <laughs> so he didn't see you mouth right. what the fuck twenty times. No, yeah, I was just like, what in the. And here, and the funny part, we were having a fine interview, but like, yeah, that it like that took a turn, and then it went right back to because the, then I, I remember I asked him about like Anaconda. You know, he was mad he died in Anaconda. Spoiler alert! Um, he, he was like, he's like, yeah, I even had to wait for him to bring my character back, and yeah. I was like, and then he made that Bratz dolls movie, and I'm like, this all makes sense. This all makes nice. sense. But I saw an interview where he said he made that movie so that way, like his kids or like his nieces or whatever it was, like his grandchildren would have something they could watch him in. And I'm like, well, that does make sense because yeah. if you look at some of John Voight's catalog, right? There's some flicks in there that's like they probably shouldn't watch those. You know, <laughs> that's a common thing that I've heard in a lot of like Hollywood interviews with these folks that are like, you know, all of a sudden there's like a weird casting out of left field. Like, why did you take that movie? Yep. It's like, well, I just had kids and I want yeah. them to be able to watch something that I've done. 
Right. I'm not going to say who it was because it's a very famous black comic. By the way, Indians to run Homer. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland. I tried to just say the Native American team names. You know, that's enough. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. How, how long is this episode? Because I know I've been ranting for a while. But I mean, how do we still going. have? <laughs> yeah, how I got we... time. Okay. <laughs> how do we still have the Cleveland Indians as a baseball team name? Right. How? <laughs> I mean, at least either get some actual Native Americans as owners or they should like any any Native American gets season tickets. Like if you want to come to Cleveland, <laughs> you can hang out. You just you find can't, some can't, random right. guy and you're like, hey, you right. own half the Cleveland Indians right. now and like, you get to use the name. Congratulations. Like, <laughs> like you, you, you know, you can come hang out. Uh, you, you know, you can't hang out with LeBron no more because he left again. Right. Uh, but it's like, you know, I, I just don't get it. I just don't get how. I don't, I mean, I just don't know how they didn't ever think that was not offensive. And everybody's done the jokes about having teams named after like white people or something or black. I mean, the Atlanta Braves, at least the word brave itself has a positive connotation. Mm, right. At least the word chiefs for the Kansas City Chiefs, you're like, you're not a pauper, you're the chief, you're in charge. Right. Yeah, there's I'll leadership I'll give implied. you that name, at least in principle. The Blackhawks. Yeah, it Hawks, could be commander-in-chief, too. Right. Like, I'm like, the Chicago <laughs> Blackhawks. Yeah, you're cutting it kind of close. Is it a helicopter? Is it something you know, else? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, they could change that name to just the symbol. Then it could be patriotic. And then as soon as one black hockey player gets on that team and kneels, it's all over. Uh, <laughs> but is but the Indians and the, the I mean red skins and, and there's not there's no <laughs> potatoes in that logo. Right. There's no potatoes. <laughs> like and and this is why I'm conflicted with Washington. Because they had the first black quarterback that ever won a Super Bowl. And Doug Williams, who looked like Carl Weathers if he hadn't died in Rocky Four to me. But, like, <laughs> I'm so conflicted with that because it's like, I would love to wear a Doug Williams Washington jersey. Yeah. But if I ever met a Native American person as a fellow minority, I'd be like, but see, Doug Williams, right? He came in the game. And then they would just walk away angry and then curse me and then... And see, you know what? I resisted the urge to make a bad casino joke there, not because I'm woke, but because I'm trying. <laughs> I so, mean, that's all you can ask out of anybody is that they're yeah, trying, right? right? But, but to go back to a point that I was going to make like 40 minutes ago before whatever rant I got started on. Yeah, uh, what about Shaggy? What were you getting to? <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> oh, that's right. I never did finish. So there was a white dude from Canada. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just saying, good callback. Uh, there was a white dude from Canada named Snow who made a reggae album called 12 Inches of Snow, and he had a hit record called Informer, but Informer was about the police harassing him. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And, and now we can talk about comedy. Thanks for being on, Tabari. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, and the thing is, is that Snow, I forgot, had actually gone. Oh, okay. Here's what I didn't know. Um, okay. Well, little interesting tidbit. You got to love the internet. Uh, <laughs> now, once again, I went to Wikipedia because it's first, but I forgot this, this one actually has links. 
it wasn't about police mm. harassment as I thought it was, because uh, the song came out when I was like 11 or, or what, uh, 14. Uh, the song is based on a 1989 incident when Snow was charged with two counts of attempted murder. Oh, oh. Well, so, at least he didn't successfully yeah. murder. Right. Well, he was keeping it real, too. It's <laughs> like, all right. Well, Apparently, yeah, like yeah. Eminem, like. People were worried about Eminem having street cred. Snow was like, I lick it boom boom down. Because that's the big chorus part. So um, Yeah. Uh, and and you know what the funny thing is? Like, it was not his his birth name is Darren O'Brien. Oh, that's that's super um yep. Yeah. And it's da- and it's D-A-R-R-I-N. Like it, true Darren. Ew. It, it's not quite Aubrey level, but yeah. <laughs> All right, Tabari, we have one box we have to check before we get out of here. We got to get at least one story about you bombing on stage as a comedian. I love well, everything else that we've covered. Well, if the past hour hasn't been proof that I have a bombing story. Uh, yeah, because I always tell people this. If you ever meet a comedian and they say they haven't bombed, you have met a liar or a future congressman or representative of your district. Because um, every, every comedian bombs some comedians bomb like the way jerry rice had braids in his last season it was like come on jerry come on uh and then some people bomb the way that wonder woman 84 bombed or the way that justice league bombed because dc get your movies together in the world and people are like have you watched the Zack snyder cut no no i haven't because it's four hours. I don't want to watch a movie with me in it for four hours. <laughs> I don't care if I wrote and directed it. I'd be like, the editor on this should be fired. It's four hours. Yeah, yeah, it's a marathon. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't even like going to marathon gas stations. I'm not doing that. So, so I have many bombing stories. I bombed at a VFW uh, when I was first starting out in like 2006 or seven, because I don't know much about veterans of foreign wars, except that they did not want to hear my jokes. <laughs> I have a bombing story about uh, bombing at the former Funny Bone in Newport when former Cincinnati Bengal Chad Johnson had an Apollo style night and they were supposed to have Stan Lathan the director and one of the key people behind Deaf Comedy Jam, who's in a bunch of like urban, so like, it's like a bunch of urban, a lot of black comics, like <laughs> DVDs that you see, it'll be Stan Latham Entertainment. And he's done a ton of stuff. He's a big figure among African-American comedy, which as you can tell from my stories, they'd be like, he black, but is he a black comic? Um, <laughs> and uh, it was supposed to be their Deaf Jam night. And a friend of mine, a white, friend of mine uh say Tabari, uh you should go down and do it what's the worst that can happen um i'll tell you the worst that can happen you can have 400 angry black people booing you to tears as you get heckled off the stage oh, no. um here's the worst part so here's the worst part i got my first paid gig at the funny bone out of it Wait, and what? yes because i had been doing well at the open mics and the manager was like it's all right i know this isn't like really your crowd i got an opening coming up you know who my first paid gig at a funny bone comedy club was for who billy gardell aka mike of now mike and molly fame before he got mike and molly <laughs> I, opened, I opened for billy gardell 
<laughs> a year and a half before he got Mike and Molly. I had never heard of him. Right. And he was like a lot of people are like, you know, there's a lot of YouTube yeah. stars. Billy Gardell is a good comic and he's solid. And he grew up knowing how to do like black audiences, like in hood. Aud- Billy Gardell is a beast of a comic. And he was talking about like, man, I got to get off the road. I've been doing this so long. Year later, I get to go ahead and good luck chuck him without the sex. And he gets <laughs> Mike and Molly. I have opened for so many comedians that I opened for Little Rel a year before he got Get Out. <laughs> I featured for Eric Andre a year before the Eric Andre show. I opened up for Christina Pajitsky. That's how I can still say her name correctly. And Tom Segura before their podcast took off. I am like the good luck Chuck of shows. So headliners, I will open for you. I will whore myself. Just keep hey. me on the road with you. Um, I don't have a show but, yet, but can you hey, open for me? I will hey, make a show for you. At this point, at this point. However, my, I've had I've had other bombs. I had a bomb in Dayton, Ohio, where um, it was just like b- bad. There wasn't like anything redeeming out of it. Was like it's just like like I was the weapon of mass destruction that Bush was looking for. It was just like <laughs> we found bad. Oh, it was just it was like a black prom with. Central State reunion people, so it was like college people had like an under the sea backdrop. It was just bad. What? Uh, the dude that booked me for it, he's no longer alive. Rest in peace, Todd Lynn. But it was just bad. I had a bomb at a college in Kentucky. Uh, it's pronounced Berea or Berea, but uh, but 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 mm-hmm. I don't care because the hell with all of them. Uh, I mispronounced the name of their school, and they just lost it. Uh, they just never. And, they just and I was opening up for um uh Stewart uh I forget I, I forget Stewart's last name is the comment that everybody in Cincinnati likes when he comes to go bananas Stewart uh, Stewart Huff. yeah you yeah. can tell how well my set went I can't <laughs> I have tried to block it out of my mind right uh, Stewart's the nicest guy in the world too he still remembers me and I'm like please don't um however <laughs> my my favorite bomb story involves just all of the elements of just chicanery possible. Can you tell that I'm trying to use all of my master's degree since, you know, communication? <laughs> um, That's your other, other Google yes. window. It's Wikipedia yes. and Word. That's <laughs> right. And dictionary.com, baby. Uh, anyhow, so the Columbus Funny Bone, I'm throwing out all the tea on this episode. Uh, your three <laughs> listeners going to love it. So the Columbus Funny Bone... <laughs> Um, for people that are not in comedy, uh, and we're, I'm going to wrap up with this story because it may take me long because who knows how long I ramble. <laughs> in comedy, you have what is known as the MC or the host. This is the person that you usually don't care about as an audience, despite the fact that they're trying the hardest because mm-hmm. they want to get bumped up in right. the food chain. Uh, they have the hardest spot on the show they because the they board. have to open the show. Most of you don't care. Girls are still on their phones. Guys are still drinking. And the bros are in the back like, oh, dude, it's so good to see you. Uh, or the <laughs> yep. black people are showing up late. I'm sorry. <laughs> some stereotypes have a nucleus to quote my friend and fellow black comic Vince Morris. It's true. <laughs> now, the feature act or the middle is the person literally in the middle. They do 20 to 25 to 30 minutes unless they run long and then they get into a fight with the headliner. And then you have the headliner who does a minimum of 45 minutes. Now, that's how a normal show works at a comedy club. 
The Funny Bone is a chain of clubs. There's a very powerful man in Columbus, Ohio, that at one point in time for many years did all of the booking for 15 plus clubs, basically. And he would book the feature acts. Clubs would either have a house MC or the local guys that would go do the open mics. They would get a chance to MC and then they would try to struggle their way into getting an audition at a showcase to become a feature act. Now, the Columbus Funny Bone has house MCs, or at least it used to. I haven't been there in a while. Who knows how it works now? However, there was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night showcase, and it was an Apollo-style night. And I had gotten to that point where I was sitting there when I had my Eminem and 8 Mile moment. I'm like, if something's going to happen with this comedy thing, it needs to happen right now. Mom Spaghetti, and then all that. So <laughs> I go up to the Columbus Funny Bone. It's a two-hour drive, and I get off my day job at 5 o'clock. Show starts at 7.30. Okay. I cannot have a flat tire. There can't be a confused soccer mom yelling at her kid. There can't be a Winnebago coming back from Florida that's swerving (laughs) in the lanes. There can't be a truck driver that needs Narcan. Nothing can go wrong (laughs) on this drive up. I change out my shirt because I pressed my shirt that I was going to wear to the club. Get there. I get checked in. And the host... It's like, all right, so and, and of course I'm going first. Cause why not have the guy that made the time crunch drive go first? Yep. <laughs> so he's getting ready to go up and do his set. And I can tell he's not really paying attention. And he's like, all right, what's your name? I said, it's uh Tabari McCoy. He's like, where are you from? Uh Cincinnati. I said, okay. I should have known. But me trying to be all Mr. Optimistic. And people always say, Tabari, why are you negative? Because the story is like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry for anyone whose ear I just blew out. Anyhow, <laughs> he does his set. And I like a lot of comedy. I like a lot of different styles. And there's a lot of black comics I like. Deaf Comedy Jam was one of the best and worst things that happened to black comedy. Best in that it gave us people like Bernie Mac, yeah. Martin Lawrence got a bigger platform, a lot of women who wouldn't have got a platform like Adele Givens and a bunch of others got on. It was great for that. What it was bad for was dudes or women that was like, okay, all I got to do, curse, talk about sex, talk about white people, and use the most tired joke premises possible. <laughs> that it was horrible for it. yep. it's kind of like you know white dude that talks about i smoke weed i masturbate women it's like that guy yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyhow uh he finishes his set which to give you a time period of when this set was taking place his closing joke was talking about how Barack Obama needed to get men more oral sex and it ends with a yes we can reference How'd that do? (laughs) It murdered. He was (laughs) murdered. The audience was dead. There was a mass shooting of joke punchlines. There were people were coming unglued at the scene. It was out. It was everything that would make both of you extremely uncomfortable. Now (laughs) he remembers that he has a show to host, and he's like, "All right, y'all. Uh, I uh, the next dude coming to the stage." Now, detail. The the old Columbus Funny Bone didn't have a green room, really. There was an office for like the managers and that, but the comics were like hanging this little hallway, trying not to bump the servers 
or maybe in the kitchen or something else. Since I'm up next, there's a little like almost like a holding pin area where they can see you if they look over there before you walk to the stage. This is what the host said. All right, y'all, this first dude coming up uh, came up from Cincinnati. All right, y'all, I want y'all to go ahead and give it up for Demario. What? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm over in the holding pen, and I'm looking around like, well, I mean, I, I thought I was I thought I was next. I mean, I don't know who this DeMario fellow is, but hopefully he has a good set. Uh, and then he says it again. And he starts looking over near me like, give it up, y'all, for DeMario. And then the whole crowd looks over that way. And in my brain, I'm like, uh-oh, they think you're DeMario. I don't know. I don't know who he knows as named DeMario, but I can tell you that on this night, DeMario bombed. E. He did not have a good set. DeMario ate it. It was just terrible. The only laughs I got is when I went into Bill Burr mode and started running down Columbus. When they tried to start, when they tried to start getting on my case, I was like, oh, that's why I said, you know what? That's why I, I said, that's why Ohio State sucked. I said, Greg Oden, your whole boy. I said, that's why, that's why Greg Oden sucked. That's why y'all lost to Florida in the basketball championship. Because y'all relying on a 78-year-old man trying to get a bachelor's degree. I said, most college athletes drink Gatorade. Greg Oden drinks Metamucil. I ain't got no beef with Greg Oden. I've never met Greg. Greg, if you listening, I have no beef. I'm sorry to hear this. I got no beef with you, Greg. Uh, but that was like those are like the only laughs I got. I went back to my regular set. They was like, no, whatever. Yeah, right, uh, I want to right. get a, a Hennessy. Uh, Did you try? Here was the, here was the worst a part, though. Demario. <laughs> no, but I, if you, if you, but I feel like I'm gonna tell that, that story to Andrew. Well. No, it would not have worked. <laughs> Here's the worst part. In addition to not doing well. The booker wasn't even really watching at all. <laughs> nice. So there was like no chance. The headliner was a black dude named T.K. Kirkland. T.K. Kirkland is funny, but T.K. Kirkland is raw. When I say raw, like go watch a couple clips. He's got clips out there. T.K. Kirkland is like DMX if he was calm. <laughs> yeah, he raw. He's he's raw. So, <laughs> but so there was really no showcase. I didn't do well, but I still got paid like 50 bucks. <laughs> right? I didn't even matters. know I was getting paid. That's why it's my favorite bombing story. Did I get what I wanted? Nope. Did I do well? Hell no. Did I get money to drive home? Yes. <laughs> and That's that is why that you try to find a glass half full, even if it's full of absolute shite. <laughs> Dude, I that that's absolutely perfect. I can't think of a better button to put on this episode. Like that's 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 amazing. <laughs> yep. Tavari, yep. this has been an absolute blast, dude. Like you you oh, are thanks, one of man. the most gregarious people that I've ever come in contact with, which is amazing <laughs> what, as a podcast hey. host. I don't have to I don't well, have to you know. do anything. I put a quarter in you and let you go, baby. It's amazing. <laughs> I try. Well, and you know what's funny? On my podcast, I try to I try to time myself to thirty seconds because if I if I talk more than thirty <laughs> seconds, I'm like it's not about me on this episode. It's about the guest. Right. So, so and now that it's about the guest, oh, oh, put oh. that timer in the drawer. Yep, yep. Because I'm an the... I'm an only child, man. So it's like I've had a lot to say for forty plus years. 
Like I, I'm, you know, like Luke, you're tall with the hipster mustache, the end all hipster mustaches. Uh, Lauren, you vape, so you're cool in that regard. You always have a girl like, is that blueberry? And then whatever. I'm a short black dude with a house in the suburbs. I'm bald. It's like, and I, you know, it's like I'm black, but I'm not like Will Smith. Let's get the party started, in Miami black. I'm definitely not Fifty Cent. I'll shoot you. Power episode cliffhanger black. I'm just very average. Like I, I say on stage, I'm like it's like I'm Charlie Brown, but permanently. You know what I mean? So well, I am you, happy to talk at, to anybody at this point. You are far from average, Tabari. What was oh, the name you. of that podcast? One more time. It is a tight 45, which means that if you think that I stick to 45 minutes on my own <laughs> podcast, you would be sorely mistaken. I can attest um, to that. Yes, but it is a tight 45 with Barry McCoy. I don't have a guest for this week's episode, so I'm getting ready to try to put together. I have. I'm going to try and put together like a mixtape. So if you people find that episode, like it came out around this time, uh, but yeah. uh, I'm going to put together like a mixtape, like a best of, or I might just rant like this for at least 45 minutes with no host <laughs> to break it up. So I can't wait. You know, yeah, I, well, I'm going to listen know, to that. You know, I, I try to have my podcast be like WTF with Mark Marin, except with less anxiety and a, and a black dude. Um, so I've had like a nice, interesting mix. I have like comedians on. So I've had like Sarah Colonna, Roy Wood Jr. Yeah. Um, I just had Hell Mia yeah. Jackson, who's a very funny lady. Uh, she's one of the three tall ladies I've had on my podcast i've also had gabrielle reese the fashion <laughs> model and volleyball player i had original charlie's angel uh jacqueline smith on oh um, my God. damn yeah had a comic book writer named elliot rayhaw who is getting ready to have the last issue of his comic knock em dead which is about a stand-up comedian who gets possessed uh <laughs> so that's awesome yeah i try to have a nice mix of people on where it's like okay maybe this week you want to hear me talk to an actor how about next week i talk to somebody that like makes confetti like i don't know like <laughs> i'm trying to have like a nice mix just a nice interesting mix of people so i got entrepreneurs i got collectors because i'm a huge collector aka nerd um when it comes to like <laughs> sports memorabilia i have like my house I try to have my house set up that when if a woman ever walks in, she'd be like, this is nice. And then when she sees like my basement, she'll be like, this is a lot, but at least it's organized. So, you know, it's like museum quality, at least. So right. that way they won't be like, oh, OK, you know, I don't have to worry about like, am I going to be on a Dateline episode? It's not like that. And, you know. The rest yeah. of the house has a very nice, it has like a nice HGTV flavor to it. <laughs> if comic book guy from The Simpsons was shorter, black, skinnier, and didn't have Kamoko. <laughs> right. Hell yeah. So, so, I think so that's you, his wife's name. If you so. meet in MTV Cribs, it's not going to be a Red Man situation. You got No, <laughs> no. I like Red Man, but I was watching that episode and I was like, we are very different people, Red Man. <laughs> <laughs> we are very different people. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Dude. I, I, this has been an absolute blast, Tabari. Thank you so much no for problem. being on Is the there show, any dude. final rant you need me to go on? I, it's I, I been awesome. Just, all right. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I like Luke. Like, and we're good. We're going to wrap it on up. We've got it. This is, this is the blackest episode we've had. we got to wait at least six months. We're going to drop this in February of 2022, and we'll be good. Hell yeah. Tabari, dude, thank you so much again. Take care, brother. No problem. Right. Thank y'all much. <laughs> See you, man. See you.